0: Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. This show is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. And I really, I'm really looking forward to this show. It's the signing day special. And 44 athletes on Wednesday, February 7th, signed their national letters of intent in the sports of football, soccer, baseball, softball, and wrestling.
1: It's it's I look forward to this podcast as well um it's been a busy day very busy i think we started at eight 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 o'clock this morning and now we're sitting here at 8 p.m on wednesday getting all this done so a lot of good stuff from a lot of good teams and uh where do you want to start
0: i guess we'll just start with the the two big time ones uh you have coronado uh, offensive lineman jalen thomas he signed a scholarship letter of intent with southern methodist university smu out in dallas probably became our most um our highest ranking of, of the day. Of course, uh, Cade Barnard and, and Reese Moore had already signed uh, in the early signing period with uh, Texas and uh, Army, respectively. But on this particular day, he was the big one considering the level of his school and his scholarship status. But also, Texas Tech got a really good one, probably a steal in uh, Lovett Cooper safety, Jake Kirkpatrick, who can either play safety or outside linebacker on the next level.
1: Very athletic secondary player. I think that. We could potentially see him on that team, starting on that team, somewhere down the line in the next year or so. Um, But, yeah, Jalen Thomas getting that SMU sign, you know, coming into it, uh, I think we were all a little uncertain if he was going to stick with SMU, but obviously he made his decision, and I think it was a good one.
0: Yeah, the, the problem for Jalen Thomas was that Chad Morris departed after uh, SMU's regular, final regular season game, and he really took, he gutted the staff. The staff followed him very loyally to, to the University of Arkansas, you know, and it's looking up for, um, you know, the Hogs up there, but that left SMU in a, in a difficult position, um, and they ultimately ended up, and rather quickly ended up, with Sonny Dykes, who is the son of um, the late Spike Dykes from Texas Tech. Sonny Dykes went to Coronado, and he was able to salvage that relationship against high pressure from Tulsa. And you can read this uh, article on LoneStarVarsity.com where Thomas explains why he stuck with SMU. But it really came down to his relationship with Sonny Dykes and the new offensive line coach that they just got in uh, two weeks ago just in time to salvage the relationship because, like I said, they would, the, Tulsa was was pressing pretty hard at the end with Philip Montgomery and and those guys. Um and he's going to join a really good program because Morris left it in good condition. June Jones really wrecked the program uh, with his recruiting tactics. June Jones was a kind of California Pacific guy, and he, he was recruiting to the Dallas area. And things really got away from them pretty fast at SMU after having made two bowl games under Jones. Chad Morris came in with a kind of Texas first mentality when it came to recruiting. And you're starting to see the benefits. Uh, obviously, they went to a bowl game this year, uh, lost it. Sonny Dykes actually coached that game. I don't think he could pin the loss on him, though. I think that team was pretty deflated about what was going on around it. They've been recruiting really well for a couple of years, and I think Thomas adds on to that because he is a big center, played tackle for Coronado.
1: Yeah, he's he's a pretty uh, sizable kid, and you got to believe that that program is going to make him even bigger uh, come game time or you know whenever he gets the nod. It was a good – I think it was a good uh, decision to stick with SMU there towards the end, and uh, we look forward to what Thomas can do at the next level. You know, kind of going off of that and talking about Jalen Thomas, some of our biggest signing – our biggest signing in general happened at Coronado today.
0: I think so. I mean, just the sheer number 10. Uh, I mean, you had – a lot of guys at an array of places. Um, happy to report that Quay Gray got a late offer from Eastern Washington, or Eastern Illinois, and uh, Devin Morrison will be joining him at Eastern Illinois. So that, that little combination is going to continue. Uh, probably had a lot to do with uh, Scott Parr, which is Seth Parr's brother, yes. uh, getting I think a job out there. And then, I think they
1: were talking before he had they, transitioned they were, over.
0: I think, I think that these two guys were looking at Navarro and uh, Scott Parr, Took the job at Eastern Illinois, so those guys are going there, and, and that's a really good school. I mean, consider the alumni that they have from there: Tony Romo, yep. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Sean Payton, uh, lots of lots of good players have, have been <laughs> up there, and these two guys are going to continue the tradition. And that's what Scott, what Seth Parr said at the at his signing day ceremony today. You know, Kuwait has the potential to be one of those guys, and uh, you know, the, the numbers he put up the past two seasons. There's definitely something for them to work with up there.
1: I think uh, he had a career over 10,000 yards by the end of his high school career. So you better believe he's kind of in the talks for putting up a a good season out there.
0: Another story with a happy ending was Jared Compton from Coronado, a running back who got injured in their first game against uh, Plainview, sat out, really lost his position to to Caleb Manuel until they could tandem in the postseason. He ends up with West Texas A&M. And that's a very good program.
1: Yeah, you get. I think this was uh, very fortunate and good news for Gerard Compton. He was a good running back coming into the year. Unfortunately, went down with an injury, but now he gets a chance to uh, extend that said football career at the next level and joining him is going to be one of the I thought more exciting players out here in this area Miguel Garcia
0: yeah Miguel Garcia led the state in sacks as a junior came back his senior year finished second with 16 this past season with a lot of competition from his own defensive line for those numbers so uh, don't read too much into his numbers dropping that much very good player and and set par said so that he might be the steal uh for a division two program this season and i tend to agree with him because this guy while he's not the biggest guy he has automatic leverage on a lot of people just his uh size he's pretty compact he explodes and uh i mean the results speak for themselves played 5a football and uh just dominated
1: yeah uh, he's fast off the line and that that's huge uh you know i don't look too much into his size being an issue because once you see him play you realize that it's not an issue he fires off the ball he gets real low and he creates separation with his arms he's a strong kid uh like you said his numbers those are still good numbers at the end of the year
0: and then a lot of guys from from coronado they signed with junior colleges hoping to extend their careers most of them academic qualifiers so they're going to be eligible to be recruited right after their fall semester essentially they're, they're just perpetually being recruited Uh, they've signed with these junior colleges there's really no restriction on when uh, four-year universities can start talking to them and they can leave after playing their first season at these schools and if a four-year university decides they want to offer them in the meantime the junior college level is not governed by the NCAA it's governed by the NJCAA so if you end up signing with an NCAA school you don't you're not breaking any rules it's not like you've committed and signed to another school and then decide you're going to hop ship because you got a better offer they're two different governing bodies and their letters of intent uh are not related yeah so that that's great news for all them monterey also had 10 players signed today and most of them were community college players but i think that's a really good fit for a lot of them like brylon lawson young going to dodge city community college in kansas that's the the jayhawk league is probably I mean, you could argue that the Texas League and the Jayhawk League are one and two, and you can argue the order all day in terms of strength of, of junior college programs. Mississippi is kind of in that mix too, but going to Dodge City, that's that's a good start for, uh, for uh, young Brylon Lawson Young, who really impressed us as the season went on as an RPO quarterback.
1: Definitely, and, you know, uh, kind of looking at these two signings, um, a lot of these players are or these players that signed today were former enemies or rivals, and now they're going to be teammates uh, potentially moving forward. Uh, you have uh, Deshondra Clacy. He's going to be at West Texas A&M with Hydra Granson and, and, um, and Miguel Garcia and Gerard
0: Compton. Yeah.
1: that's. Uh, I, I think that's fun. It's, it brings a fun element to signing day in itself.
0: And uh, like a slew of Eastern New Mexico players who are going oh, to play West yeah. Texas A&M. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, that is something that I kind of foresaw too. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's 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 going to be fun to watch the Lone Star Conference the next couple of years.
1: It is, and uh, you know we didn't mention it earlier, but Xavier White, he's uh, going with Bryan Lawson Young to Dodge City Community College. That's that's got to be fun to move on with a teammate of your own. You know, when we talk about Quay and Morrison and everybody. And then getting them all jumbled together. Yeah,
0: it's 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 a really comfortable position to be in because you know how at least one of the receivers works. So you can dial it up when you first get there, when you get that particular receiver <laughs> and, and one-on-one drills and everything else, kind of an adjustment. But you can show the coaches, hey, this is what I can do when I know exactly what my receiver is going to do. They've got that chemistry. Morrison and Gray have that chemistry. Good setups all the way around.
1: I think so. And I think we'll kind of uh, transition there to our third biggest LISD signing, which is Estacado.
0: Yeah, Estacado had five players, as did Lovett Cooper. And uh, what can you say about Estacado? Two guys to Blinn, two guys to Eastern New Mexico, and one to Missouri Southern. And their, their linemen, uh, Devin White and Royce Wellington, these were guys that we thought had Division I futures. I guess Division I schools thought they just weren't quite there yet. They're going to Blinn. They're academic qualifiers, so the same rules apply. They're just going to be perpetually recruited the rest of their junior college and high school careers. Have the, have the freedom to leave after a semester at Blinn or take up an offer from a four-year university before enrolling at Blinn. I think that's going to be really good for them both.
1: I think so, and they kind of know each other, can work off each other on being di- on different sides of the ball.
0: <laughs> and, and really, Marcus Shavers and, and Seth Parr, Marcus Shavers, of course, is the head coach at Estacado, uh, a little critical uh, of the recruiting process that it's just coaches... They don't know much about the West Texas athlete and um, don't want to take chances and when these guys go to junior college they'll explode how much would you agree with that uh, statement by them
1: you know it's a statement that you don't want to be true you know you don't want to admit that that's an actual issue because these kids put in just as much work as anybody else you got to at least hope that there's fair treatment across the board but in talking with these coaches these coaches have been you know, through the process, a couple of times now. So, when they say that we're a little under recruited out here, I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe them a little bit.
0: I would too. You know, um, but I
1: do agree with their statement that a lot of these players are going to blow up at the junior college level and potentially be, you know, playing D1 ball one day.
0: I think so too. You know, coming from East Texas, kind of the same standalone city kind of setup, uh, but the advantage that they have, you know, anywhere you go in East Texas, Texarkana. Tyler, Luf- Tyler Longview, you're connected to DFW Airport, and for Lufkin, you're connected to Houston Intercontinental Airport. So coaches fly into those airports, they do their DFW recruiting, or their Houston recruiting, they make it into East Texas. Out here, it's, it's more of a hassle, because you're not going to be able to see 13 kids on one trip. The truth is, there are only a, a certain amount of players that are Division One. And is it worth the return on investment to to fly out to Lubbock to go see one, especially if you don't land them? I think that's the big question that um, recruiters have to ask. And obviously the answer to this point in time has been no for these uh, kind of uh, on-the-bubble Division I prospects from West Texas.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I also, and this might just be my a gut feeling or something, but uh, I think there's going to be an uptick in the future. You know, it's not going to happen next year or the, other, or the year after that. But somewhere down the line, I think uh, you'll get more D1 players out of this area.
0: I think you're right. I mean, recruiting has gone national over the past 10 years with, you know, broadband internet, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is really funny to say. but It's true. Huddle you know, you, videos. Yeah. And I mean, I think 50 years ago, recruiting worked like this. Kids played their senior year around this time coaches would come down and they didn't travel very far like if you were playing in virginia you probably got recruited by virginia virginia tech virginia commonwealth um you know the the, the mid-majors of virginia and nebraska that's why they were so good they were able to hang on to their own guys and kind of recruit the surrounding states that's kind of dried up as populations have shifted which is probably nebraska's biggest problem notre dame was kind of a uh midwest kind of recruiter yeah uh michigan indiana um, obviously Minnesota, those places they could get those guys Ohio, um, Florida, you know every, everyone just kind of stayed in their own neck of the woods and in with huddle and, and things like that email, being able to email video clips it's really gone national uh, so we will see uh, you know the video technology is always getting better and you can see more and more so it will be interesting to see if as people continue to send their films in if there's an uptick in recruiting in the area.
1: Yeah, I think there will be, but, you know, kind of moving forward again. Uh, Lubbock Cooper Lubbock Cooper had a significant number as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Beyond uh, J- uh, Jake Kirkpatrick were four other players who signed uh, Subdivision one offers, and some schools are getting some pretty good players.
1: Yeah, kind of starting off here, uh, Elijah Boyd, another player I believe that had to sit out majority of the year. Uh, he's getting another shot at New Mexico Highlands.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be a good fit for him off the bat. Um, and then he can obviously be recruited at a later date.
1: Yep. And we got Gunnar Inglehart, Cisco, Colin Powers, Eastern New Mexico. We were just talking about Eastern New Mexico, and uh, Jaden Rigway, South Nazarin.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a that's a solid core. Uh, and Lubbock Cooper was very young this past season, so it'll be see, it'll be interesting to see how they replace those guys. Um, obviously, moving to a new district. They should be in good shape, but it does sting to lose those five guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, kind of looking at it, Texas Tech—they, I guess they like the program out there because they've had a few players over the last couple of years either preferred walk on or get some interest.
0: I think you're right. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's close proximity, obviously, and it it had a good reputation uh, as it ascended to the 5A level, and they're competing in 5A just fine. You know, obviously made the playoffs the, the past three years and and and, uh, producer Jarrett Dagey, and um, I guess another advantage for them is that some of the coaches live in the Cooper area, so they're very exposed to that school.
1: I agree, but, uh, you know, out in uh, Woolforth, we had uh, another kid sign. Uh, Friendship uh, struggled a little bit this year, but Camden Caravelli uh, inked uh, Abilene Christian University, which we kind of figured he had – he had made a, a public announcement on Twitter that he had an interest from there, so we we kind of figured he was going to end up there, but, you know, uh, I think it's a good fit.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun down there. Obviously, the, the new stadium is uh, very impressive. I remember after my coronado Colleyville Heritage game, they uh, were doing an official visit. Don't know who was on that one, but... Just kind of the gimmicks of the of the stadium. LED lighting yeah. can, like, flash and pop and turns on immediately. <clears throat> and bells and whistles. Yeah, lots of bells and whistles. <laughs> and there's speculation that Abilene Christian, now that they're at the D1 level, that they want to come up to the Division I FBS level. I think that's something they're building for. You can kind of see it in their stadium, the way it's built. There's lots of room to um, add on to it.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be – I think you're right. I think it's going to see a turn in events somewhere down the line, but – um, one of the more interesting storylines, and uh, if you check out LoneStarVarsity.com, you can kind of catch up on it, is uh, Brownfield's Jalen Nolan. He's had to sit out two years, you know, and it, he went through a lot with recruitment, but at, at the end of the day, he's going to continue playing ball.
0: Yes, and, and you have this story. I mean, Jalen Nolan was a guy two years ago you thought was going to be – Oh, he was like
1: FBS level, I yeah. Mean, yeah, uh,
0: Unfortunately, he's, he's had uh, – some setbacks with his uh, lower, uh, I guess his is it's his, his knees, correct? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. L- lower body injuries, definitely. Um, and I believe at one time he was committed to Oklahoma State. Obviously, that didn't pan out. Yeah. But going to Texas A&M Commerce to join uh, the defending Division II national champions—that's got to be
1: exciting, even for, for any position player, you know, to know that you have a champ a uh, chance at a championship. <laughs> And uh, he's a player that if he gets 100% healthy, he gets in the weight room, and he just continues to do what he did at the high school level. is going to be very exciting to watch at the college level. Talking with uh, Jeff Smith, he described him best as a game-changer. He said this kid's a game changer at any level, and I kind of believe that because if you saw him his freshman and sophomore year, you saw the potential. And if he could have finished out his high school season, I definitely think this kid would would be playing at D1 school next
0: year. Yeah, definitely think so. Um, But landed in a good spot, been out to AM Commerce a couple of times, really nice setup. Reminds me a lot architecturally of the University of Oklahoma and uh, not too far away from the big city amenities of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So. Far worse landing spots than uh, Texas a m Commerce. And and we're really excited to see what he does once he gets healthy.
1: Yeah. Another good story coming out of Brownfield is uh, Derek Smith, son of Jeff Smith, head coach. He's going to end up at Oklahoma Panhandle State, which actually, I mean, he's practically a legacy there. His <laughs> his uh, dad played there and his grandfather pe- played there. I think his uncle graduated from there. I believe uh, Jeff Smith's wife might have graduated from there. So... Uh, I think the decision was kind of easy as soon as the opportunity presented itself. But he's going to be uh, trying out for offensive linemen out there. And uh, Adrian Martinez out of Brownfield signed to Waylon Baptist, which I think is a good fit. Um, they want to try him out on special teams and then transition him maybe over into a slot receiver, mm-hmm. which if I think he's athletic enough to achieve both goals.
0: I'm really happy to see that Kobe Wood found a home. At yeah, that, that was another, a rough. He's scene, another guy yeah. that had a knee injury very early in the uh, the season, but he was he was dynamite for Shallow Water in his lone season there, having transferred from Canyon uh, with his father, Coach Brian Wood. And it's it's great to see that someone gave him a chance, and his career did not end just because he was unfortunate to have a knee injury at the exact wrong time to to have a knee injury
1: we talked a little bit about the recruiting system and how some kids might not get the opportunities that uh, other kids would get in different areas but if you look at the these storylines, a lot of kids are getting chances they're getting second chances at uh just continuing to play uh, it's kind of nice to see um kind of uh talking a little bit more area football matthew Arcee out of littlefield i you could already foretell that he was going to end up at the, somewhere collegiately.
0: Yeah, he's I mean, an he's, all-state he's offensive lineman. What sophomore year? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: I remember a photo shoot. We're sitting there, and he walks in, and everybody just kind of turns and looks, and you can hear whispers of that. Oh, is that the all-state guy? And <laughs> you could just tell from the way he plays that he deserves it. He's at he'll be at Eastern New Mexico uh, next year. The yeah, Greyhounds got a haul. They did. They really. They recruit did. heavily out of yeah. out of this area, so i um, kind of moving on. Lubbock Christian, Cadison Rogers, good kid. I thought a solid defender. I see him potentially being shifted out to linebacker. That's what they did at Lubbock Christian at times. I, yeah, remember, talking, yeah. I remember talking with uh, the head coach at the beginning of the year and I asked him, oh, is he lining up at linebacker and fullback? And he's like, I'd prefer you not tell anybody that. That's a secret weapon. And I agree because he's a very athletic kid. He's got a He's got a football build to him, mm-hmm. and I think he'll do – I think he'll get a shot uh, to play some at Dort College. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just kind of going off of there, uh, those weren't the only signees that we had today. We no. had other sports. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to uh, You want to dive into those yeah, or kind of continue with football. Okay. Well, I think uh, the biggest one on the girls' end was at Friendship. Uh, their soccer team girls soccer team obviously we've we've covered them both and uh, we've seen how good they can be and the potential in a lot of those girls and they had four signed today Um, three to Lubbock Christian
0: yeah Lubbock Christian might consider changing its name to the Tigers
1: (laughs) yeah they got quite a few and they got a lot quite a few last year too I was talking with uh, Bianca Cervantes who signed today And she's excited about joining some of her former teammates and continuing on with the teammates that she has this year.
0: And talk about return on investment, because Friendship has spent a lot of money on its soccer facilities.
1: Oh, they're beautiful out here. Uh, I'm not sure where you could find one about the same uh, level as that one. And uh, the other two were Shadi Haney and Victoria Ramirez, who have been standouts on the team in the last couple of years. At Northeastern State, Bailey Martinez signed there. So those four, I mean, the storyline kind of reads itself. When you think about the soccer team and that they, everything that they accomplished last year, it being not that old of a program, it just shows how good uh, these girls are and how deserving it might
0: be. That's it. that's exactly right.
1: Uh, wrestling. We can dive into wrestling a little bit. Yeah,
0: it's getting about that time of year for district meets to fire up. It's
1: it's funny, uh, we have some state-quality wrestlers out in this area who kind of fly under the radar, but we'll get them the recognition they need. But for now, uh, Alicia Perez, she signed to Shriner University. So come state time, maybe we, uh, she'll be the storyline heading into that competition.
0: No doubt, an accomplished wrestler from Lubbock High. Uh Baseball.
1: Um, we had quite a few early signees early in the year. And Mule Shoes, Jojo... Regina, I believe is how you say it. Um, he adds his name to the list of signees in the area. He'll be playing, or he'll be going to Oklahoma Panhandle State.
0: That's a great baseball school too. Uh, produces a lot, and uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this season, which is which is going to get underway in the next two weeks. And um, you've told me about the Mule Shoe Shallow Water matchups, and Littlefield is in that mix too. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of fun. That
1: district is so competitive, and it's fun to watch every year. You have a a new, st- new set of kids stepping up in different roles. And, yeah, I think it's going to be a good year for that district in general. Um, softball, Lubbock High. Chloe Reed. Chloe Reed is a name that we've known since she was a freshman. Uh, she came out as a freshman, and I believe she led the team in home runs, and she just crushed it. And she's a very talented catcher. And talking with the head coach for softball, she just she's a student of the game, and it shows she puts in the work and she knows what she's doing and excellent hitter uh she signed to angelo state
0: yeah that's a very competitive program on the division two level and i think i I think in fact that they scrimmage texas tech every now and then
1: they do Uh, you'll see them out here uh later on in the season but solid solid signings all around i think
0: yeah and one of the more rewarding days of of our career because you know obviously we form relationships with these kids and uh you get kind of concerned about. I'm like, oh man, no one's taking a chance on this guy, and uh, you you just empathize with them. So to see them get these opportunities, it's uh, definitely one of the better days, and it's 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 a really fun day in spite of the fact that we have to work about 12 hours to get everything accomplished. <laughs>
1: There's a special energy in the air when you, whenever you walk into the room and the kids are getting ready to sign that piece of paper. Like you said, you develop relationships with these kids, and it's, it's nice to see them move on to the next level.
0: And with that, I think we'll call this one done. Really appreciate you guys spending some time with us. Uh, would love to talk and take your recruiting questions on Twitter. I'm AJ underscore Mike Graham, and Brian, you are?
1: AJ underscore B Navarrete.
0: And if you have any hate mail, please send it to Brian.
1: I'll accept it. he will go straight to clutter.
0: (laughs) And, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. This show was brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. We'll see you next time.